Going once, going twice, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod, an accessible and easy way to get into or help understand the goings-on of the property market. Join Aaron, John and Pat as they discuss all things real estate, most likely get sidetracked and then try and rein it all back in as they present The Property Pod. Yibbity, yibbity, yibbity. Welcome back to the Property Pod. I certainly hope that's not all, folks, because we've only just started. We're <laughs> 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 make the best, shortest episode. <laughs> hey, if I get lots of downloads. Uh, yeah. Although that's about as much as my wife will, wife will tolerate. Yeah, it. probably. <laughs> well, no, there was a band that um, like hijacked Spotify years ago where what they did is in the album they had it as 100 songs that are all like two seconds each because then they got their fans to play the album over and oh, over and so over and over again. So they had like millions upon millions of views like racking up all these dollars because – it was like a uh, like a subtle dig at how little the artists are getting paid on streaming services. Yeah, yeah. So um, each each time it gets played, which is only one second or something, that it was ends still up a play. Money. Yeah, it was still a play. So that even though they're only like you know wasn't a big band or anything like that, yeah, but yeah. they racked up like ridiculous amounts of views because they just hijacked the hijacked the system. That's brilliant. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. You're hijacking the podcast to give us great views. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to go up to number one thirty four in Macau. Yeah, wow, exactly. that's like jumping up two hundred spaces. So <laughs> go us. Well. At least then, I suppose, uh, you know, you, you're thinking, how do you pick a great podcast? Look at it at, like, if, so long, if it plays any more than three to five seconds, you just move on. Yeah, no, you it's know? too long. And yeah. you can play podcasts at 2.5 speed or, or 1.5 speed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Even quicker. Just done. Well, well that, and that's what I thought would be a good segue into what we're th- thinking about today is if uh, how do you pick a real estate agent? Yes. Mm. So, yeah, that's really good, John. I was thinking with Paul last week mm. um, from realestate.com. Some of the stuff he was talking about, I was like, oh, this is quite eye-opening for me, especially being the guy on the outside. Obviously, you guys converse with him more when he's coming and having meetings and stuff. But the time he said that... Because some of us are more open to his conversations than others. I did, actually. <laughs> that's quite interesting. <laughs> As I was going through it, I was like, oh, wow, there's some real tension in the room. And I can hear it through the headphones. It's really happening. Yeah. But it was like, oh, it's 90, 98% outside but 50% inside. It's just like, oh, yeah, I know. I'm feeling the same. Hello. Hello, hello. Hey, I can uh, hear myself. Turn up the mics a bit more. There we go. Yeah, someone must have been I think playing some little fingers might have been playing with the knobs. He was out here the other day and he had the headphones on. And actually now I think about it, it was your microphone. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> and he's sitting there he's like, hello everyone. Today we're going to talk about real estate. <laughs> <laughs> so he was jumping yeah. off the parker pod. Yeah, and, and he was like, input. we're going to talk about how to sell a home. First, you need to find somebody to sell the home and then you need to convince somebody to buy that home. And he's going <laughs> through this whole spiel. <laughs> so this is your son, Parker Berry, age... Six. Six, already learning the game. Boom. Hot damn, the there future. <laughs> it was pretty amusing. <laughs> That's brilliant. I actually really like that. <laughs> if there's some way I can cut this all together, yeah. what we're discussing is my microphone was mysteriously broken yesterday. Me and Pat reverse engineered it. Back into working order, but as Media House often does, it gets blamed for breaking lots of things. And mm. look, look you only have that persona because of past experience. It's hard, it's hard to build a new reputation, mate. <laughs> I've been there. Exactly. <laughs> baby steps, baby, baby steps. Yep. But that being said, we've just solved the mystery of the broken microphone. Yep. <laughs> but 
Look, he's trying to sell houses and once he does, he'll be able to pay to fix the microphone. The good thing is... His it, first commission will it, go to fixing the mic. And he's, he's fearless. He's just he's having a crack. So yeah. we know he's got the courage to give it a go. I think we uh, put him out in the field sooner rather than later. No, I see. I think my daughter would be better suited to it. She's a lot more fierce. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back on topic. Cool. <laughs> no, so... If, if this all works, what we were talking about was Paul last week came in and was saying people go on and research if they're looking to sell or buy or do all this stuff with the game, but then they'll kind of research agents from there. And I guess maybe it's because we're in a smaller community and it's not as competitive, like it's competitive but not as competitive as a big city. Mm. Kind of I just thought it was, oh, yeah, everybody knows a real estate agent. Like my uncle's cousin's a real estate agent. My sister's mm. brother's cat is a real estate agent. Yeah, yeah. My boss's son runs a real estate podcast. Yeah. Well, one of the uh, one of the things I remember hearing is everyone's got. If you said, "Oh, who's your doctor? Who's your accountant? Who's your such and such? Who's your local fish and chip shop?" You know, everyone's always got a something. Yeah. But it's rare that someone goes, "Do you have a real estate agent?" And it's probably unless you have an investment property. Um. Yet really, the numbers are panning out as always the case. Seven to ten years per transaction. Yeah. So a lot of the time, by the, when someone ticks around, it's like I can't even remember who I either bought the house from or sold from. You know, because just too much time has passed. Yeah, I guess it's interesting. I guess the personal relationships that I have with you guys is why I knew mum want to sell, I'm going to get these guys yeah. to come in and appraise it. Well, one of the – before we sort of think on then, what Paul was mentioning is that now there's so much access to online, people have spent – they call it the, you know, the, the digital interview. So you're, you're Googling that name, you're trying to find out as much stuff about that person as you possibly can. Yeah, this is that no first dates thing. That's it, yeah. I like that. And the challenge too is that a lot of different places have tried to map out and take the space of, okay, where's the one site to go to to – track the credibility of the agent and realestate.com's doing it now with their star rating because they're competing with rate my agent which was a website dedicated to well actually the, the plan of those guys was just to float the business and make millions um, that's why they built rate my agent you can go through google reviews or facebook reviews or you go to the website individually and um, it's really hard then to go oh jesus which one is the best one to do because if someone's pushing all their information through one site and not another it it ends up being just as confusing for consumers a lot of the time because there's too many different websites websites telling five different stories um so then it goes back to okay who's the you know speak to three friends in your circle that you know to get recommendations yeah and where the there's a one our first national ceo ray ellis told me this story about the difference he's noticing in the way that young people take recommendations and that he's noticing now that unless you've got an online presence they don't trust you and his story was he referred his son to a Ray's financial advisor and bear in mind ray's done very well for himself over the years and you can't actually get access to this particular person unless he knows you and he's on a client base so oh, obviously so it's like an exclusiveness uh, yeah of so it's like if you're getting a recommendation you're getting the best but then um so in ray it given it given this recommendation and a few months later he checked in with his son he's like oh man how'd you go it's like oh no i just went with someone else what do you mean he's like oh i couldn't find him online yeah so like, i couldn't run him through my vetting i couldn't system. run through my digital vetting system so the race point is it doesn't matter it's just that um our expectations on especially as the generations change on what the way you search for and build credibility in order to be comfortable to either reach out or ask that person for a potential proposal or pitch or service, whichever word you use, is changing. Yeah, so, oh, definitely. Um, in your, you know, in the uh, baby boomer generation, the one recommendation was enough and bam, as the, uh, the generation's changing, that one recommendation isn't enough anymore. Yeah, you've um, got to look for those other sources to kind of back up the information that you're getting and then collate it together and be like, all right, let's make this 
yeah. life-changing decision kind of thing. And in our area too, I mean, Hobart and Tasmania is getting – it's getting a, a more of a city vibe now. But yeah. hark back 30, 40 years ago, it's, it, I've often heard this said, it's a very much a feel of a big country town in that sense where, yeah, everyone knows everyone. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think not everyone's knowing everyone as well as they used to. So it's that now change where – our generations are starting to shift to wanting to see that digital proof rather than just a w- w- word of mouth recommendation. I still think Hobart is a, a country town. Like, oh yeah, I know. Whenever I go to the city, it's always like I'm going into town, and my wife gets oh, you get in shit trouble about it. it all the time. She's like, "We're going to the city." Like, no, <laughs> we're going to town. Yeah, relax, darling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I get this whole argument with her about is it the city? Is it the town? Yeah. Well, this is we don't live in the country. <laughs> well, that's what I, I really love our um, state for this ma- for that matter is that you can't disappear. If you're absolutely terrible at what you do, um, your reputation follows you. Whereas in a bigger city, you can move over two suburbs and all of a sudden no one knows who you are. Um, so I quite like that about Hobart still that. Keeps you accountable to be like, on top you're of good, game. you're good. If you're bad, you're bad. It's yeah. kind of the black and white. It's like living in Gotham City. It's either yeah. you're the good guys or the bad guys. Yeah, it can be that way. Well, I think then the, what's leading back to a path that's useful. So a difficult question for people is <laughs> that's how, how do you do choose a – an agent, especially yes. too, because one of the things that people you forget is that there aren't too, it isn't too often that you cut a check for someone between five to thirty-five thousand dollars for one transaction. And so, how the hell are you going to, you know, navigate through that maze to go? Jesus Christ, I'm paying this person that much money at the end of this transaction. Am I making the right decision? Oh yeah, we, mm. we were getting our kitchen done recently, kind of in our renovations. It was like, oh, do I do the caboodle kitchen where I do it myself, or do yeah. I kind of get the Fit joiners and fitters to come in and do it. And we got, you know, three or four different quotes, which, you know, that's what the old man used to say, get, get this many quotes and work out the best one. Yeah, yeah. But my level of expectation was like, I'm just paying like fifteen to $20,000 on my new kitchen. Yeah. I want this to be schmick, like I'm going to research it to the hilt. Yeah, you don't want to make the wrong wrong decision. No, yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, Yeah. So, yeah, talking about that, if you're looking to get into the market, how do you choose a good agent or what – Things should first home buyers or people, like you say, seven to ten years. It's kind of something that rolls back around again. You might need to use a whole new agent. Mm. What should the people out there be looking for when taking up the services of a real estate agent? Well, one of the when I, one of the things that really I thought about it was. As an agent, I'd be like, oh, why are you asking for three different opinions? And sometimes we'll go, oh, look, we're getting seven agents in. You're like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you're going to spend that much time researching someone. But it always comes back to, look, one, they don't want to make the wrong decision. And the first thing I'd say is, I know it's going to take a long time, but don't settle until you like someone. Yeah. You know, just wait till you can choose, find someone that you actually like. Uh, because one of the hardest things for us to do, and, and I can't work with someone who doesn't trust me, and that's perfectly fine. It's like I, he's just not my agent. It's like I'm comfortable with that. Uh, You'd prefer to hear, "Look, mate, we just don't gel," yeah, than be like trying to work your way through the social awkwardness of kind of being like, "Are we on the same page? Are we talking the same language?" Yeah, that you, interpersonal. Well, you need that trust as well to be able to make the transaction happen. Yeah, exactly. you don't have faith in what the agent's telling you. How can you be guided by what they know? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, no, I think so. Gut mm. feelings are probably a big chunk of what will make somebody decide who to use. Mm. Well, just as the example for um, what we were just saying with the kitchen of my place, of the four these people were coming in, I was like, oh, I got a really good vibe off this one. Yep. I got a medium vibe off that one. Like, I'd get, I'd get home from work, and my partner would be like, oh, did they come and do the sizing? And what, what did you think? Mm. And it would first, my first response would be like, oh yeah, it was a really nice guy, or 
I don't know, weird guy, kind of yeah. a little bit racist. <laughs> See, I thought you got your four quotes or the three quotes in and you just chose which one you didn't like the most, like the least. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, well, like, I thought you were like, oh, they're all a pain in the ass, but this one seemed like the least pain in the ass. I'll go with this guy. Yeah. Well, ultimately there was bargaining, so I'm not yeah, sure if you guys are going to bring that up. Then, Negotiation, yeah. Negotia- the bargaining of it was like, well, this guy was a bit of a knob, this guy was a bit racist, so mm. I'll take knob over racist. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's a t- tough choice. Yeah. Really tough choice. <laughs> when it comes to bargaining or negotiation on fees, I'm always happy to negotiate. Yeah. As yeah. long as it's upwards in my favour, I'm <laughs> happy. <laughs> and I, there was one that you told me ages ago, Pat, was from a purchaser. They said, oh, what was it like? The house was 300 And they said, oh, what, what would they take? And said, oh, I'm pretty sure they'll take 300 and and probably take 350 and maybe four at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, oh, so 280 is not – no, no. That's 300 mate. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so that's the, I mean, the thought of liking them, it's a hard one too, because you can like someone, but they might be useless. That's not the only reason why you have to justify it. But the thing is, I think if you, it comes back down to what you said, Patrick, about the, the trust element. Oh, have I said much in this episode? Yeah. <laughs> but it's all been gold. <laughs> yes. Yeah, every single time it's been gold. But then, of course, it, because I, I'll often say to my clients, look, if we're in the instance of selling the home, is, um, and I think with buying, liking them has an element that you've got the person acting in your best interests and that you're going to trust and, you know, listen to what they say and I'll often say look the last thing that's going to come out of my mouth when we present you an offer is to say look we've had x and x amount of people this is the process um, this is the this is where we're at with this purchaser in our recommendation I believe this is something that you could you should accept in confidence what yep. would you like to do um, and it's that means if we've got that relationship and it, I don't expect that to happen overnight it's like now it's okay they'll they'll turn and say John what do you think we should do and now I can go, okay, this is what I think you should do. And that's a good relationship for a relationship for a real estate transaction is that people forget that the agent can't make decisions for you. Yeah. It's always 100% in your control. And I'll just say, look, the only a couple of reasons why you get an agent is one, to make your life easier. And it's to not do work but make decisions. And then you employ your real estate team to take care of all that work for you. So at the end of the day, you can have confidence that you can make a, a informed decision that you have confidence in. And that's why going back to... The next step then after liking them is how then if you once you like this person, how can you ensure they've got they're going to be doing a good job? And the word I would use and I've heard before is a process. So it's the process, not a promise of a price that's going to deliver you a great result. Right? Can you explain that a little bit deeper? So if the first thing is that people ask is, Oh, what do you think my house is worth? Yeah. And well, it's an extremely subjective element and because everyone's going to see value in different ways. And there's a you know, agent's price, a buy, uh, an owner's price, a valuer's price, a buyer's price, the eventual price the house sells for. So a agent's going to give you a comparative market appraisal is to say, well, look, here's a range in where properties like this are selling for. Yep. And then all of each one has its own subjective value. So if we agree that, you know, there's all right, this particular four bedroom, two bathroom house in where we are in Glenorchy is about three of them have sold for between 470 to 530. People are going to assume that your house is somewhere within that range. Now, in order for us to achieve the biggest result, well, then there's a process that we can follow that's going to not guarantee the high price but if we do all these steps we're going to maximize the possibility, possibility. Of that coming it's kind of like oh how do you stay healthy well you've got to do i mean no who, who likes to hear that oh i've got to get up at seven and walk and then eat healthy and all that kind of stuff it's not going to guarantee that you're going to live forever but what it is doing is ensuring that you're going to live your best life as possible you know healthiest life as possible yeah and, and right? i guess thinking about that what the way you've described the process is you can exercise till the cows come home but if you're eating like rubbish you're not actually completing the process and in the amount of steps that it could be completed. Yeah, yep. Whereas 
if you're doing all the steps of the process, you're more likely to get to yeah, your so, top service, servicing your car regularly. Yeah, not you know like it's just an example to say, well, look, how do you measure a process? So, um, if I like that person, then I'll be asking, mate, how are you going to do it? And okay, well, look, th- from day one, this is the co- these are the calls we're going to make. These are going to people we're going to be working with. These are the way we're going to prepare your property. These you know it's like from mapped out from day from day one to settlement. This is what we're going to be doing, and this is what it's going to look like. So it's that that will be change you know changeable depending upon your particular circumstances. If you need a result in thirty days, for example, versus I need a result six months yeah well then the outlook of that process is going to be completely different but what i want in a, a professional agent is i want them to have certainty over how they're going to operate this process because there's a significant amount of finance you know, finance involved there's a time frame in which it needs to happen and so i want to i want to have as as strong a certainty as i possibly can that they're going to maximize my or potential result for my benefit yeah and uh, you know a professional works in a process not just a scattergun approach thinking let's hope that everything's going to be okay and in Hobart at the moment I think if you read the recent reports out of the REIT the market's starting to change so that means the way in which we engage in these selling processes are going to be different even the same for buyers so you're you know a professional agent in my opinion has to change their approach I'll often say at the moment over the last three years it's very it's been very easy to look like a superstar agent because the market's been so strong if you put the house in the market on on one website, there was 50 inquiries and 10 offers overnight, you know, but when things start to change, well, it isn't going to be as easy as that anymore. So yeah, since I've been doing the media for 414 out here with Pat and the crew, mm. he's often just said, oh, you just wait until you hit a quiet market, like yes. wait till yes. like, winter is coming and when it comes. Well, and this is a market where you say, oh, if you think hiring a professional is expensive, wait till you, um, wait till you employ an amateur. Yeah. And then you'll find out that they'll cost you more money at the end of the day. Well, that was like a Macism. Oh, yeah. oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was so, a real good one. Because the thing is, is that you can't guarantee a result, but you can guarantee a process. Yeah, and I like that, the kind mm. of the idea of, when you said scattergun, I was like, oh, that's really interesting because, you know, it's that whole you can throw shit at the wall and see what Hope sticks. Hope going to stick, yeah. Yeah, and kind yeah. of thinking about it, like I've never had to have someone come and sell me on how am I going to sell my house because I've never sold a house. But yep. if I had to get you guys in. You'll never have to worry about getting someone in because I'll just yeah. come in and do it. It's like <laughs> you don't have a choice now. Yeah. <laughs> What's and this old never? Yeah, yeah. No, well, that's the whole catalyst of this episode because yeah. I've been in that position of – I know a real estate agent and I trust them. Like I've got years of built-in trust with you guys. Yeah. So I totally get it. Mm. But when Paul was saying like, oh, well, people don't know who they're going to go with. Mm. And then often I'll hear you guys on the phone talking with people like, oh, yeah, I'll come and check out your house or do this. I'm like, how did they get onto you? Like did was it passed along the line? Like, And then – I often wonder that. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not hugely at asking them, oh, why did you call and me? Over, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, remember the, the guy that we went and saw uh, – Glenn Twiddle, the marketing trainer, Pat, we mentioned that. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, so how he, did that he, go? He, his, well, uh, his thing is like, the thing is about marketing is that sometimes you don't have to be good, you've just got to be there because, you know, some people can't be bothered vetting this process and they just want to make a swift decision. So it's like the... So even if you're not good at it, people will just use you? That was his selling point. No, 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 he said that's what happens. Oh, okay. But but his point being is that you have to have the capacity to be there. Like if you use his processes, you can be that guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like you can have the best product in the world, but if you can't sell it, well, then it's useless. And it's the same in your own profession is that if you could be the best agent in the world, but if no one knows you or a real estate agent, well, then you can't be used. This, this, did you guys watch Gruen on ABC at oh, all? Not enough. I, I like it though. Yeah, I love it. So last night they were looking into, you know, that Dom pizza checker thing that Domino's have? Yep. Mm-hmm. It was amazing just to see because like the way they were describing it was that Domino's have given up being a pizza company. They're not a pizza company anymore. Mm-hmm. They see themselves as a tech company. Mm-hmm. So, so it's bullshit. Yeah. They're a pizza company. No. Yeah. So 
<laughs> so the, they, their core business is to sell freaking pizza. But they know that their product is substandard. Like they were just describing yeah. it as like we, we know it's not good. Like that's the whole point of the camera thing is we know like the pizza's probably – Shit out. A lot of the time come out not very good. We'll send you a photo of it. You'll get it halfway through and you'll even be looking and be like, oh, this pizza that's coming is not going to be very good. But I'm still going to get the pizza. I'm still going to eat the pizza. Yeah. And then maybe I'm going to text them and then the next time they'll be like, oh, well, here's a free pizza on us. I d- and then you'll still, oh, I've got a free pizza. Well, one pizza's not enough, so we'll have to get another pizza. And yeah, then see, see I, I see what they're trying to make themselves feel, but I'm with Pat. I just that couldn't be more wrong. Like it makes sense in our industry where it's you know you're you're, you're, you're we're doing a real estate process, but half the time we're spending eighty percent in marketing the our clients' properties, etc. So you could make that case. But then, right. well, then uh, is Domino's a marketing agency? Well, they, they have <laughs> to they have to they have to be, but they're not marketing other people's product. Uh, they're marketing their, their own product. So they they they're, they're pizza makers, <laughs> and they're marketing for people to know about them. So this idea we're a media agency no you're not i'm not giving money to domino's to like sell my pizza <laughs> but people are still using them and so yeah, then yeah. they went into go like go to google and search yeah, 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 yeah. um pizza what comes up first domino's yeah, yeah. go okay. into so google being in search it they have to be a media machine in order for people to then choose domino's. i know how you can tell if they're a tech company or not go online oh. find out who the ceo is look up and see what he's wearing and if he's got silicon valley outfit <laughs> which, oh, yes. which like we have today <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> pants and a t-shirt they're a tech company. A tech so company. if he's wearing a suit, they are a very well pizza-making company. Yeah. This is a good spin-off. I know we've gone away from real estate, but it doesn't matter. We've had a pretty good crack at it. Um, <laughs> they then went into being – so the next bit of that last bit was if you type in Pizza Hut into Google yep. and hit search, first add up, Domino's. Yeah. Still beats you. But then they switched and started talking about Pizza Hut for a little section – and they were talking about how to disrupt the market and get their product out there. So they were saying lots of people in the States were, um, you know, skipping meals because they were stuck in their MMO video games and stuff like that. And some mm. video game put in a Pizza Hut into the game. So you're in like the village. So you're travelling through Morrowind or Elder Scrolls or something and you're travelling through it. There's a freaking Pizza Hut in the village. Yep. You go in, you look at the board, you order off the board in the video game. 20 minutes later, pizza's at your house. Brilliant. So you never have to leave cool. the game. So they're marketing in the game to be like, oh, you're hungry? Like, don't forget to eat. Well, I reckon I could bring this back. So that's <laughs> the thing is that if you're, if you're looking for I a process, <laughs> um, well, what other processes are you looking for? Well, I want to know the marketing process. I want to know your negotiation process. I want to know your process around inspections. I want to know, it's like, we're talking about the full gamut here. So, I mean, think about what you have said before, Pat. Like, you're not going to go um, a scattergun approach for marketing. You're building one from what elements do we need that's going to attract the buyers we want, yeah? Pretty much. And what's measurable. I don't want to go waste owner's money without having a way of ensuring that it worked. Yep. So everything that we're building now at 414 is very test and measured and it has data that we can provide back to our clients to show what it did. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that- part of our process well 100 percent. and the thing is you can spend twenty thousand dollars on marketing and some of it are not what be useful but if all of a sudden you can you can show that look with, with a 500 hundred dollar investment here through social media or different elements it's like and that's that's just brought us 1200 views to your property in my mind that's you know m- um, money well spent and it all but then it really comes down to after why the marketing is important for the home is because again you can have a great product but if um, and you've employed a great real estate agent but if they and you haven't told anyone about it well you still can't see your house so that's why marketing is very important, 
but then where so once once they've been attracted to the home just like finding your business well now the purchase is engaged is well how is that how is your representative going to be uh handling that process and including that is your, your inspections the you know time spent and fundamentally negotiation so if you're um if you're then showing that look this whole process leads to um Right, no, no. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. I've got it. I've got it. If we can go back, and uh, it, I, 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 Johnny, keep at it. I've got it. I was just like the fair hands. Are like, <laughs> John, are you telling me that the process of selling a house or the process of going through all this could be like the slices of a pizza all laid out in front of you? And if you were to use the DOM checker mm-hmm. and you saw the pizza coming and there was maybe three pieces missing on the DOM checker, you might be upset and the process might not be complete and it might not get good feedback. Well, that's the thing. is that It's the process, not the promise of a price that's going to give you the great result. And the other line is to say that you use the process to ensure against a bad result. So you see what I mean? Yeah, the pizza's got to be full. You can't just get a half-eaten pizza. Like if I ordered the pizza and the picture comes through and it said... Hands but down. Just so we're clear, if an agent stuffs up, they don't give you a free house sale next time around. Ah. No, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's sort of you can't. Um, yeah, that's 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 that. Then it goes back to if you know if you think a professional is expensive, wait until you employ an amateur. <laughs> so, but then, uh, so one of the core elements though that is a uh, with the you know with these processes is do they have a negotiation process? So if there's just one purchaser, how do they handle that? If there's fifty, how do they handle that? Because we're Negotiation comes into so many uh, – I mean, that's a discussion for another day, but think about what's working through that. It's not just do they like it. There's legals involved. There's, you know, there's prices involved. There's um, ensuring that they, you know, uh, they're not overstepping the boundary that's going to cause them, you know, stuff to come up by saying something just as a white lie in order to, you know, get the right result. Yeah. Um, so for me then where you've, you've said um, when it comes to negotiation is, well, how, do, how are you going to do that? Um, now, everyone's got their own approach, but, you know, for me, I'd be looking at once they've been able to show this process then is, okay, well, show me, give me some examples of how this has been mapped out. And I don't want just, oh, this one sold for 600. Show me how that sold for 600. Walk me through what happened and give yeah, me like, me, give me, give me, me five stories. So, yeah, take me behind the scenes on of five ways in which you did that. Yep. And there could be five different, completely different scenarios. I mean, we've had ones that have sold for underneath the asking price. I mean, we had one that we had to deal in one week, 32 offers. Like, and I'll tell you right now, dealing with getting 32 written offers on a property. You say 32 normal. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, you've learned, um, but that—that's not easy. Um, but saying thirty-two we, easy. Well, yeah, that, actually, that—that that took me. That was harder to get out of that than um, learn how to, pro, you know, handle thirty-two offers in real estate. I think. But, <laughs> there you go. Um, however, but we've got. Um, so it's for me, especially from having this discussion. I'm not going to give five superstar examples. I'm going to say, look, here's what happened here. We might have started too high. We didn't invest enough money. The market wasn't strong enough at that particular time. Here's another one where they mapped out this. Here's another one that mapped out that. And here's the here's the overarching thing on our job our process and this here's how it like um, on a micro level is it macro or micro um, to show look um, this is how we did it and this is how it, this is the end result so rather than pump up your tyres and be like a monster truck of being like every time Superstar. I sell it doesn't happen I get yeah. it so and that, and that for me that's what I'm looking for if I like someone but I still want authenticity and so it's an element that if if um, the person that you're working is for me has to have an element of humility to say look because it isn't just all about me as a real estate agent that's why we have to be working together because um, if one of us isn't on board in the right way well then 
things think things can go wrong. Yeah. And it's like if you just if someone comes to me and says, John, I want I need this house sold in 30 days, but their expectations 150,000 above where the market is. Well, then there's no way that we can make this work. Um, and yes. who, who's at fault here? Yeah. So you, know? you stepping in and saying, yeah, mate, I can get that done. No dramas. Yep. And in your back of your head, you're like, no. Nah, Never going to happen. And, and that's why, like, you know, sometimes at the, at the very first onset of building a relationship is, guys, look, you're not going to get any hard sales tactics from me. If I'm not your agent at the end of the day, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, because ultimately we, we, we have to build a, a trusting relationship and because if, if I don't have that, well, we can't, we can't work together. <laughs> You when, know? <coughs> when do you say that, John, as you walk through the front door and lock it behind you? Does that just come out of your mouth? Is it <laughs> and, and I show my nine millimeter. <laughs> but I'm sure by the end of the conversation, you'll see that I'm the right choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so then I think those case studies come into where it's, I think it's important to ask, show some testimonials too. You know, so uh, where, where I like case studies better than just a, a five-star review is that a five-star review doesn't tell you a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, but obviously it does show credibility. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that's where that digital interview comes on. I mean, how many do you need? Do you need 500,000 reviews? Do you need 50? I think you have to make that decision for yourself after you've had the chance to speak with that person. I was just thinking then it's funny that you guys are both second-generation agents. I'd love to have this exact same conversation with your parents yeah. and find out what it was like in the past yeah because i imagine it would have been even didn't you say the other day that even since you started all this transparency data and all of it is just blown up and so different like there was no info out there in the marketplace when i started like you could people just listen to you there was no argument yeah no one knew better than the agent the agent knew what the house is worth yeah that was it now We're like we're talking about the price in a lot more detail, and we're having a debate, a conversation about that. We're talking about fees because fees are now unregulated, so we can charge whatever we like. So, um, marketing when I started was like five hundred bucks, and that was it. Now it starts at fifteen hundred and goes up to you know twenty thousand or more, depending on what you want to do. Like, there's so much now that we need to be across and have conversations around where before it was like this, this, this. Yep, cool. I like you. Let's do it. Mm. So, well, yeah, it wasn't it. Swear I overheard you on the phone the other day and the guy was like, oh, Paul Berry. Oh, no, Pat Berry, his son. And then throughout the rest of the conversation, he kept calling you Paul. Yep. Yeah, that <laughs> happens to me. <laughs> you were just like, yeah, no, look, stuff it. it's actually Pat, but yeah. he was, That's exactly right. He was like, you, your dad used to live next door, didn't he, Paul? And I was like, yep, Paul lived next door to you. That's correct. And he's like, oh, that's fantastic. And the conversation went on. So, Paul. <laughs> Paul. I was like, yep. And I'm sure when I, go there later, when I go there later today to look at this place, he'll meet me at the door and he'll say, hey, Paul, how's it going? Yeah. And I'll be like, no, no, I'll blow it. I'll be Paul forever now. <laughs> just, just be Mr. Berry. <laughs> but I, I would hazard a guess that the reason he called was that your dad lived next door or yeah. it wasn't he kind of looked online and went through all this stuff. Well, definitely wasn't because he called you yeah. <laughs> and he was looking for Paul. <laughs> but his, it sounds like he's from a generation where it was, yep, I know this guy, yeah. he's the guy. But from what you've said as well, it could just be he built trust with him from being across the fence kind of like Wilson from Home Improvement. And yep. I can just imagine your dad popping over the fence and being, <laughs> oh, hey, Tim. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. All of us, yeah, there's another thing where we, we, was it, we make decisions on emotion and justify with logic. You know? Oh, another Macism. Uh, and, and the thing is then is that the, the, and we have the same. God, I mean, if that guy's known Paul for 20, 30 years, same with my dad. Like, there were, no, Chris for 20, 30 years, like, oh, he, he vouched it. He, so, he sold my house three times. So he's not available. Johnny will take care of it because yeah. it's Chris's boy, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with that. And, you know, it's been a relationship nurtured over so long. So I'll, I'll bloody well make sure that um, his trust isn't misplaced either. Yeah, and, exactly. Because yeah. then you're also representing the family in a way of being like, oh, I don't want to upset 
yeah. dad. And he respects Chris. And, and that's why I think um, the personal referral on uni friendship base is actually really important, but sometimes it's actually not that good. Yeah, can you know, because it's just that. Look, the reality is, not I'm not going to be be able to give you a referral for any kind of service you want, because like, man, I have no idea about that field. You yeah. know, um, I'm not the right person to ask for a referral on X. I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, exactly what you mean. Like, yeah. you could. Oh, what were they like when they did your kitchen? Like, oh, well, the kitchen looks sick. Yeah, like I love it. Like, were they good? I don't know. Like, could could have been quicker. Could have been slower. I'm not sure. It's like it is what it is. Yeah, yep. So I think when um, so I think when you're asking for referrals in your own personal network, you have to ask the question, do they really know what they're talking about? Because, I mean, hey, I've got really good friends that are very, very opinionated but don't know what the hell they're talking about. So I've got to be mindful about, well, if they're if they're giving me some advice, is it actually useful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's where I guess back to that where my story about Ray and his boy was an example. In, in Ray's instance, man, I would have just trusted his um, advice straight away. But in another example, it could have been that, you know, your, your immediate family might have a very strong opinion on who you should use but – you might know uh, in your own self that uh, maybe they're not, they're not the right kind of people that we're recommending, and that's where the internet comes into play. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the the uh, look in the the end, the challenges too is that um, certain agents operate well in areas, and there's so many people to choose from, just like any business as well. So that's why for me, if you've got the capacity and time to run through um, different interviews until you feel you've got the right one, I think that's perfectly appropriate if if that's the right thing for you. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, if you don't have the time, well, then, you know, there's some core things you can ask and look out for that's going to quickly um, – and you can ask that over the phone just to see how they're handling themselves uh, off the bat, you yeah. know. And then you can just write 10 questions and just fire that one off one after the other and just then you can make 30 calls in an afternoon. That would be another approach you could do if, you, if you're not competent. Um, like a speed date interview. 100%. Why not? <laughs> you know, if they, if they can't think on their feet, I was like, well, too bad. You're not for me. That's, per- that's a perfectly reasonable expectation. Um, no, I think there's definitely merit there. I guess it's kind of that before you're just saying you got your gut feel on how how's the person go. But mm. like just because someone's approachable and nice to you doesn't mean that they're going good? to be able to keep that conversation going with – a wide variety of people, and you might like that person, and they might be completely useless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, that, uh, so I'm sort of making it harder after all this advice. But um, the problem is, is that there's no, um, you know, some people like to use a. We've had people with a pad and pen giving a rating system. Fine, if that's what you want to do, add a, you know, here's five things, and add a ten out of that rate, then they'll make the decision based on ten. If that's the way you make a decision, that's perfectly fine as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I think um, where for me personally is that I. I I know that I'll get excited for, and make decisions very quickly and it often gets me in trouble. So that's where for me I have to have a couple of safeguards in play to go, don't, don't just quickly buy on your emotions straight away, Mac. You know, cool your jets a bit, yep. have a couple of, th- couple of things in place to think, well, just allow yourself to think twice. And that's why for me I don't like making, um, especially in sales pitches, I'll get sold on the, on the spot, you know, I'm in. But I had to go. I had I had to say no for I have to say no first and think about it because otherwise I don't and then because then so I've got time to process. So even for people in instances that don't feel allow yourself to say no and think about it overnight and see how that person continues that relationship over time. So that so let's just say you've had three people and you just you want to say you, um, you might just say, look, I'm going to say no to all of them. And then, um, and then just see how they handle the follow-up process. They've sold me a big pitch, but how they're going to look? How they're going to communicate with me over the next? Oh, you're saying days. that as like a strategy to see, like, are they tenacious enough to be like, no, I want to sell your property. Like, I want to, I want your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if if you say yes to the right person, that's perfectly fine too. You know, I suppose from a seller's perspective, I, I like 
that people would say, let's just do this. Yeah, That's yeah. perfectly fine. But you know, if you if you're a little if you are second guessing yourself, just make the rules. Like you will not be making a decision on the spot. This then you've got the bit of breathing space in your own self that you know you're not going to be pressured. Yep. And now you can just be relaxed in asking the right questions. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. I guess we maybe helped out today. Yeah. Did we? Get <laughs> we sort of we, we sort of went in a few different directions, but yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out. Shout out to Paige in uh, Bendigo. Can you just let us know whether we helped today or not? Yeah. We'll use you as our Bendigo correspondent. Because <laughs> yeah. um, we, we weren't following a script on this one or, or, a, or a structure. So Yeah, we just, just kind of riffed it. We just riffed it. Yeah. Which I feel like it was okay. It was fun. Mm. But it's nice to have a safe – did you notice that Pat didn't talk much because he didn't have – I didn't have a night. I didn't yeah. have a night. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. I got about 10 minutes in and I was like, I know why Pat's not talking. <laughs> he doesn't know what – I like to be prepared. I'm not going to lie. It's been That's killing me all morning that I didn't have notes. <laughs> but well, the thing is, eh, like, I mean, one thing that we'd be happy to do is ask very – if there's specific questions that people want to know – Throw them out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, look, and we did get some feedback on the um, website the other week. I've got to, like, go through it all. But I think we got somewhere. We'll find out. We'll find out in the edit. I'll see what happens. <laughs> cool. Thanks for showing up today, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate your services on the mic. That's all good, guys. <laughs> we'll have a script for you next week. We promise. Yep. No, I just didn't want to give away my secrets to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the signs of a good agent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next week. <laughs> see you, gents. You have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information.